welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will try to guide you through a movie and tell you it's good, bad and indifferent plot points, or points rather. Hmm. Each and every month there's a theme, and as it's January, I'm doing Spy URA, which is my look at the Jason Bourne movies. So, here we have it, the last to date Bourne movie. And no, I am not covering a Born Legacy, because that movie fucking sucks balls. And Hawkeye is no bloody Matt Damon. Anyway, I will say, I saw this back when it first hit cinemas in Britain. And here's what I wrote on Facebook about it. <clears throat> Justin from Jason Bourne. It was just a bit meh and a weak wannabe Bond. It now follows Bond, not leading him. It felt very thin plot-wise, which is stretched to the max and just sort of fell apart. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. A very rainy Sunday afternoon movie. <laughs> God, I was not impressed six years ago, oh my God. So this doesn't bode well for Bourne, as if back in the days, uh, back in the day rather, I thought Bourne was a good series. These podcasts have shown otherwise. I mean... I mean, Jesus Christ, what none of actually cracked five out of ten yet? Jesus jinkies. I mean, he is nothing but a poor Bond clone or wannabe. I mean, this is just awful stuff now. And what I love about this movie was that Matt Damon claimed he was, quote, haunted by Jason Bourne for the past ten years before this movie was um, shot. And people got done demanding, what happened to Bourne 4 and stuff like that, da 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 da. So, finally, he made his part four. However, it was much harder to get into shape for Born because it was like 10 years later and he was studying in his 20s and he's now in his 30s. Um, and he thought he must do this movie to shut the, the fans and critics up. Okay then, just don't do it then. Tell them straight. Um, the, 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 the movies have moved on to another actor. Hello. Also, the behind the scenes, Paul Greengrass crows about how the this was the first movie ever to be shot in Vegas having a car chase. Uh, hello, diamonds are forever. Mm-hmm. You know the famous scene where Bond and Plenty O'Toole, I believe her name was, in the high-speed car chase where the car drives on two wheels and escapes the cops? Yeah, that one. You know, the one where Bond flips sides because they had to get the cameras to flip over because they fucked up the shot and some bullshit on it. So, no green grass, you weren't the first movie to fucking film in Vegas for a spy movie. I mean, hmm. Also, you weren't the first movie to do a multi-car pile-up. That would be the bloody Bruce Brothers. Hello. Hmm. If I cry it out. Also, I've got to see here, by the way. Every one of these bloody DVDs are bare bones. There is literally nothing on it. All there is is, like, maybe an eight-minute behind-the-scenes video and three trailers. That's it. There's fuck all on these discs. I completely waste of time these are. So, let's just jump, jump into this. With a budget of $120 million. Where the fuck did the money go? This thing pulled in at $415 million. Starring Matt Damon, Julia Stiles, Tommy Lee Jones, Alicia Vakanda, directed by Paul Greengrass. The plot. Jason Bourne is drawn out of self-retirement after Nicky contacts him for help to rescue a quote-unquote whistleblower from the CIA. Can he do so? Find out here. That's actually a terrible fucking plot summary because I could fuck out do with an actual movie, but there we have it. Anyway, that's fucking INDB for you, you know. Hmm. So, after the studio logos and titles opens up on a voice performance, Damien 
playing Born for the Last Time to date, saying, quote, I remember everything. And cue a flashback of him signing up to Treadstone and all the PTSD flashbacks of all the three previous Bond movies he was in. We then see a jump cut montage of all the killings he did as Jason Bourne from the previous movies. Very smart, I think, because I haven't seen these movies, then this is a good catch-up for you. Also, um, if you skip to Bourne Legacy and haven't seen a Bourne movie since 2007, then it's a refresher for you, so it's quite good there. On to Bourne snapping into reality in the back of a van in Greece, heading to a makeshift ring to do some bare-knuckle boxing, as you do. Bourne wins with a one-punch KO, as you do. Hmm. Cut to Iceland, where we meet Nikki, played by Julia Stiles. She's now a hacker for hire, living off the grid. Yes, she is doing a spring down governments left and right, but apparently she's a fucking moral hacker. Yeah, love, you're getting paid for it, you're not a fucking moral hacker. Dear, oh dear. On to the CIA HQ in Virginia. We see CIA assistant, I think she is, Heather Lee, played by Alicia Van Canter. And it took me forever to figure out who the hell she was. She's actually the new Laura Croft from the new Tomb Raider movie. Hmm. Anyway, she's looking up her new boss, CIA director Dewey, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Playing, well, Tommy Lee Jones, a grumpy old man who's tall for a shit. In every single fucking movie I've ever seen him, he plays the exact same bloody well character. Crying out loud. Wait, hold on a minute here. She's a paid hacker, paid by SA to track down... Um, other hackers who care him. Yeah, she calls herself the head of cyber operations, or how she calls herself, so what the fuck's going on here? Anyway. Meanwhile, in Iceland, Nikki is using an old PC to hack into the CIA to steal information on all the black ops, including Treadstone and Black Briar. Um, hasn't the press already blown the lid on this ten years ago? But there we have that one. So Lee walks into the CIA hacker HQ room, to find Nikki is, quote, backdooring the CIA, dirty little secrets, so counter-attacks, and to find out her location. Nikki has found out Richard Webb, David Webb's, aka Jason Bourne's father. So she copies all that information, just as Lee hacks her and the building, shutting down the power to the building. Now, Nikki copies 77% of all these files and then runs for it, yet little on movies they say they had 100% of the files. Oh dear, somebody had done a fucking cock up there. And also, these are supposed to be top tier hackers for hire. Shouldn't that place have its multiple fucking firewalls and secure it up the wazoo for fuck's sake? I mean, hmm. Also, shouldn't the building have its own generator in case it gets hacked? I mean, who wrote this fucking movie? The, the plot holes are glaring. I mean, the super hacker group and the, the, they're supposed to be super paranoid, but they only have one firewall. Fuck off. Anyway, back in Virginia, Director Dewey is given a situation rep on the hack. His, assist, uh, again, his assistant Jeffers, played by Alto Asando, I think his name, tells him that this was worse than Julian Assange, as they got all of the Black Ops files. So cut to Silicon Valley, and he would meet a Bond villain from the Roger Moore years, um, Aaron Kalur, played by Raz Amid. He's a rich billionaire, tech whiz kid, think Elon Musk, only slimier. He's told by a lackey that they almost got it all, 
but is warned that this might be extremely dangerous. Now, forgive me for being stupid here, but what does a tech whiz want with CIA Black Ops assassination files? Okay, then. So in her office, Lee finds out who hacked her. And she finds out it is Knight Rider, aka Nikki. She sends an APB on her, and with that, she heads into a meeting with Dewey, Jeffers, and head of this NSA, Russ, uh, Edwin Russell, played by Scott Shepard. She tells them it was Nikki Parsons. Dewey then Cole puts a kill order on Nikki, just like that, you know. Hmm. And by the way, where is Pam Landy and the rest of her team? Where did the rest of the Black Briar people go? Are they in jail? Are they dead or in hiding? There's no mention of, of Pam Landy at all or any of the stuff she'd done in 10 years earlier. So there we have that one. Anyway, so Lee asked be allowed to run ops. So Dewey gives her the go-ahead, but with a caution. As you do. So cut to Rome, Italy. And a sale... Oh, sorry, an asset rather than a sale. An asset played by Vincent Cassell is given the order to kill Nikki. Now, she's in Iceland heading to Greece. Surely there would have been someone in Greece that they could have activated. I mean, he's over 19 hours away. But they've had that one. Cut to Athens, Greece. Bored isn't doing so well. He looks like shit, lives in a dump, and is suffering from panic attacks. And wow, they really nerfed this guy. From badass killer to PTSD-driven panic attack, no-sleep-having bare-knuckle boxer living off scraps? Wow. Was this the start of cucking all male heroes, from Luke Skywalker to Bond to even Superman? Hell, even Kylo Ren is a whiny little raging brat in the fucking modern Star Wars movies. I wonder if they'll do this to Batman later on this year. Well, they cut him to fuck, making Catwoman the biggest, baddest badass of them all. Now, don't get me wrong, I like Catwoman, but she is not a badass. She is a thief, a cat burglar at that, who can handle herself, yes, but by no means she is not a bloody badass. But I get an nasty feeling she's going to be a badass in this fucking movie. And cuck Batman to fuck. Anyway, back to Bourne, who is getting his ass handed to him by a bald, tattooed, muscle-merry fighter. Until he spots Nikki, and he knocks him out with a one-punch combo. She leaves him a note, saying to meet him in some square, which just happened to be in the middle of a riot, as you do. Handy that, I mean, this, this rating is terrible. And note, this is Tenerife, not Athens, due to the Greece government trying to gouge the studio for double the money. Plus, they had dozens and dozens of red tape to go through. So, they went, fuck you, and went on to Tenerife instead. Play silly games, win silly prizes. Mm. Anyway, Nikki is in the thick of this riot. However, she's still spotted on CCTV cameras at a bus stop. She just stands there for fucking ten minutes. This woman's a bloody idiot. She knows this guy's been on her arse for ten years, but she just hangs around the place. I mean, idiot! So back in Virginia, Lee gives Dewey a situation rep as he takes over barking orders to have Nikki killed. And indeed, be a lookout for Bourne because he thinks that her and Bourne are in bed together, so to speak. And He's after files or some shit like that, and, and Lee goes, no, 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 he wants revenge for something, and no, 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 they're looking for it, what the fuck, because of shit, frankly. So anyway, across town, the asset has landed, uh, given a bag and a car, 
and told to take out Nikki, as you do. Then a grab squad is activated, also sitting to the right, to take Nikki out. Oh, hell is breaking loose as riders are throwing bricks and stones and firebombs are going off and the riot police are charging in heavy-handedly and knocking people out with their fucking nightsticks and truncheons and shields and there's fucking fireworks going off and there's smoke bombs going off and fuck knows what's going off and there's tear gas firing here and everywhere and there's water cannons firing. It's complete, utter anarchy. Lee uh, doesn't like this thing as she panics. Um, so she gets her team to hack into Twitter and read tweets from the rioters finding Nikki on a photo in a photo, so she knows she's still there. She sends in the grab squad. Bond shows up just before the grab squad get Nikki. Telling, so Nikki then tells him she uh, worked for a guy called Christian Desault, played by Vincent Kiefer. She has all the CIA Black Ops files, and they plan to dump it on the internet and expose the CIA for the dirty swines that they actually are. Bourne pulls Nikki into the crowd. She tells him of her operation called Iron Hand, which makes Treadstone look like a bloody daycare. Bourne is interested until Nikki says his dad works for Treadstone. So now he's interested because of fucking twat. She then tells him Treadstone was watching him long before he signed up. His fire was in it deep. And why am I getting X-Files flashbacks for this? With Mulder's dad forced to pick between him and his sister. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Bourne spots the grabbed squad, so they run for it into the crowd. They split up. Bourne takes the grab squad out as Nikki blends in by the crowd. Or she just stands like a fucking idiot again. Bourne takes out the grab squad with ease as we have flash cut punches to their face and they're killed with like two, three punches to the face. I mean, this editing is terrible. But I've got to see here, the camera isn't shaking as much as the previous movies, but it still is cut to fuck. The shot lengths are 2.5 seconds. My lord. Anyway, in the CIA HQ, they go completely nuts to find out that Bourne took out the hit squad in a matter of seconds. And all Dewey does was order them to find Nikki. She'll lead them to Bourne. The riot is now in full swing. Things are on fire, stones are filling the air. And they're running down on the police, fireworks are whizzing over the place, there's explosions and fucking sofas are on fire for some reason, beds are on fire, um, cars are on fire, get flipped and stuff, and the whole fucking place is like hell on earth, it's a fucking complete joke. Ricky runs into a cloud of tear gas and is uh, spotted by the grab squad number two. Born is almost arrested, but takes out the cops with ease and steals a, a cop bike. As you do. The rioters have taken over a water gun tank and sprays Bourne's, Bourne rather, until they realise the cops are chasing him, so they spray down the cops and Bourne just runs off on his little bike. He's speeding to Nikki and takes out the hit squad van with a fire gun and then takes out the other grab squad. Nikki jumps on Bourne's bike, however, the asset has eyes on him and shoots Nikki dead. Now, hold on a bit here. There is a full-on balls-to-the-wall riot happening in the streets, yet the streets are empty enough to have a fucking car chase. Who in the fuck wrote this thing? Jesus Christ. Anyway, Lee has hacked into the Greek police computers, telling the asset where they put the roadblocks up, forcing Bourne down a trap. Hello, Bourne, you're on a fucking motorbike. Sneak past the body barricades for crying out loud. Again, who the fuck wrote this? Bourne 
gets away as a rioter hits the asset's car with a firebomb as Bourne climbs the stairs on a bike and with that the asset who is then told via earpiece to head to the roof to take out Nikki and Bourne. Wow, micromanaging much? This guy is a full-on assassin. Let him do his fucking job. Jesus, jinkies. Who in the fuck wrote this bloody thing? Anyway, why didn't Bourne ditch the bike for a car? He knows he's been spotted, but no, he still drives this shit little fucking dirt bike, police bike thing. As I said, Nikki is taken out by a sniper shot to the back. Bourne crashes his bike as, as if they were both taken out. Uh, nope. Nikki is fucked. The asset then shoots the second time and blows her head clean off. Or back of the enemy clean off. She drops Bourne a key. As the Greek police swarm the rooftops, the asset gets away. How the fuck he gets away is beyond me because there's like 20 cops ramming, uh, charging that roof and he, he slips away. As a helicopter above heads, how the fuck do you do that? Born is now beyond pissed. As Nikki lies there dead, shot in the back, and in the back of the head, it's Ravinga time! In Virginia, Dewey barks orders to take out Born and indeed the Dissault guy. Lee grills Dewey on whether the asset knows Born if he can take him out. Hello, love, you're a hired hacker. Uh, he is the head of the CIA. Know your fucking place. Anyway. Seems when Pam leaked the Blackbriar files, the asset was caught in deep cover and was tortured for two years. So he wants Bourne dead. Bourne heads to a random train station to unlock a locker and finds Nikki's files. How do you know where this locker was? Who knows? Now, he has cash, a gun, and Nikki's encrypted thumb drive. Also, dozens of notebooks, as in one of her notebooks. He says Iron Hand is Treadstone, and it's even worse because his dad was involved. Somehow, Iron Hand is the same as Treadstone, even though Iron Hand is stealing public, uh, sorry, private information off the internet, so how's that the same as assassinations? Moving on. Cue a PTSD shaky cam flashback of Bourne's dad, played by Greg Henry running from something. Now, I thought Bourne remembered everything. Guess not. I mean, where the hell did this flashback come from? Never Neverland? Because Bourne has no idea his father was a fucking CIA officer. Really? Hmm. So Bourne heads to Internet Cafe to look up his dad. Did he still have Internet Cafes in 2016? I'm not sure. Bourne finds an address in Berlin, as in Washington, D.C., Kalur is heading to a TED talk to introduce the world to his latest piece of software, Deep Dream. A hell lot of techno babble crap is said as it all boils down to a platform where all social media platforms can be accessed at the same time, giving you access to all of your social media in one place. So it's Google then. Oh, sorry, no. The Metaverse. Thank you, fucking Facebook. Later, he meets with Dewey for lunch. Um, okay then, and here he says he mistakes, so he regrets taking the money from CIA to have a startup company. He will not sell um, private information to the CIA, and he will not have multiple um, worms and such in his systems because he's a pure soul you know he's an evil bastard because he took money for CIA and he's selling information for years on end and this guy's a multi-millionaire da, 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 da. 
So, much for no one tracking information online, my Aunt Fanny. Information is power, power is money, and money controls the world. Old rich men aren't going to hand over the keys to the kingdom without a bloody well fight. Hence why the NSC and CIA are in bed with big tech companies. They know information is power, and power is control. So Claire is twitchy as all hell and wants out, but Dewey is not pleased, threatens him, a very uh, thinly veiled threaten. So he then hits him back with privacy is freedom. Dewey threatens him to have him taken down in a matter of minutes, and this Claire guy just walks off. Who the fuck wrote this thing, by the way? Actually, it wasn't it was Dewey that walks off, so who the fuck wrote this? In Germany! Bourne has tracked down the address. Meanwhile, Lee digs into Bourne's past, finding out all about Treston and what they did to him. She finds out she can have power over him and bring him in. A feminist power wet dream just came through there then! I mean, this guy's supposed to be the toughest man in the world, yet she can have control over him. Yeah, bollocks. Meanwhile, in Berlin, Bourne finds out the address is of a hacker's den. Bourne finds a skinhead hacker, so tosses Nicky's flash drive to him and orders him to open it up. How does he know who the fuck he, this guy is and how does he know he's not dirty? Hmm. Within seconds, Lee gets a prompt on her laptop that the files are on in play, rather. Seconds later, she finds out it's in Berlin and instantly calls in a hit squad. As you do, I mean, this woman is drunk with bloody well power. Wait, this skinhead hacker is Dassault? Anyway, minutes later, a Berlin hit squad are all over Bourne. Just as Dassault decrypts all the files, not before Bourne finds out dear old dad was dirty. He was the head of Treadstone. So Lee hacks into a mobile phone in the room that hacks into the Wi-Fi network and hacks into a laptop to delete all the files. Wait, you're telling me a paranoid hacker has easily accessible mobile phone and Wi-Fi, plus his laptop can be hacked in seconds? Fuck right off, he's supposed to be the world's greatest hacker. Really? And he's hacked that easily? So Bourne reads the files and finds that he had a handler, Malcolm Smith, played by Bill Camp. So now he has a target. Cue a PTSD flashback of Richard Webb talking to David into joining the programme. He was later taken out by a car bomb. So that's why Webb um, joined up to get revenge. Dassault clocks Bourne with a dumbbell out of bloody well nowhere and then swings a pipe at him. Bourne quickly takes him down because hacker v Hitman, Hitman will win every time. Bourne then finds out from the files that Smith is in London. Lee deletes all the files, so Lee calls uh, Bourne to gloat slash stall him until the hit squad can get there. Dude then takes over the phone call and it puts Lee into stick face, stick face mode. He tells him over the phone Bourne's dad was a national hero. Indeed, so is Bourne himself. Lee's not pleased that Dewey is playing Bourne, so warns him that hit squad are on route. Uh, love, what are you going to do the same? Fuck's sake, you can't have it both ways. You can't play villain and victim at the same time. Oh my god. Also, careful love, that's happened to Nikki, and she's dead. So Bourne leaves, slips past Hit Squad with relative ease, as later on, Jeffers gives Dewey and the CIA head a situation rep on Malcolm Smith, saying he read, he said he ran Treadstone's recruitment back in 1999. So Dewey wants Bourne 
killed in London via the asset. Lee shoots that one down, saying it'll be a mistake. Bourne should be caught and brought in, not killed. She thinks she can bring in Jason Bourne alone. Feminist power, much. I mean, for fuck's sake. Back to Kalur. Um, he's finding it hard to get Deep Dream on the web. I wonder why. I mean, the CIA hackers are fucking public poop. I don't know, Trojan horses, worms and such, and God knows, oh, no, I'm not a technical person, but all these crap things into it. Anyway, outside his HQ, he is handed an IRS lawsuit. Well, I worked for Al Capone, so why not? He's then told he has got a week to take down uh, Deep Dream. Again, play seller games or win seller prizes. Do you think you're going to be able to walk away from the CIA after them handing over millions, if not billions of dollars? I think not. Anyway, in the back of his limo, Kalur wants to counter-strike the CIA, so plans on leaking all information he has on him. All the secret um, meetings he recorded, and all the other stuff they have, and all the emails and such, and la 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 la. Going back as far as ten years. Isn't that treason, however? Hmm. I mean, cut to Bourne on a Eurostar speeding to London. Cue more PTSD flashbacks of Bourne's dad's murder. Can you guess who did it? Give us a clue if you can. Born in Google's Lee, finding out she's the head of the cyber crimes working for the CIA. And it's a new appointed post, less than a month ago. So Dewey calls the asset in London, telling him Lee serves a purpose. AKA she's a scapegoat, because after all she's just window dressing the CIA only hired her because she's a woman. And this is a brand new post, as I said, less than a month old. He also says, give her a chance to get born, because born will be easy to capture. Seconds later, Kalur's lackey calls Dewey to warn him that Kalur is gunning for him in London. Bourne uh, tracks down Malcolm Smith. Meanwhile, Lee has eyes on him. Uh, Bourne tells him a meeting spot to be done in, in 15 minutes. Bourne is up to his old tricks, you see. He calls Smith from across the street. He spies all the grab teams outside waiting for Smith or trying to guard Smith. What the fuck's going on here? Lee tells the asset to get into place in case things go sideways. Meanwhile, Smith heads to Paddington Plaza. As at the rooftops, the asset slips in a second earpiece and talks to Dewey secretly. Smith is being followed by two grab squads as Bourne slips into power substations. I think he's doing. The asset takes out grab squad one and follows Smith on the ground. So he teleported from rooftops to the ground a matter of seconds then. Also, he left the sniper rifle and the kit on the roof, so Lee thinks he's stationary, but he's actually on the move, so there we have that one. Dewey barks orders at Lee, and then shouts at her for losing to teams. Yeah, love, you're a fucking scapegoat, you silly bitch. Anyway, Dewey then tells Lee he is now in charge. The asset is given order to kill Bourne. Lee finally puts two, 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 two and two together. So, speed sounding spot to save Bourne in the back of a white van. Bourne has planted a bomb on the power station, I think this is what he's done. He's, he's wired up some sort of mobile phone device and it looks like a bomb to me. Which would do no good because it's broad fucking daylight. Killing the lights would do nothing. So, if the guy's on the roof, then you can still see him because the sun's up. Hello. I mean, hmm. Wait. Uh, it isn't a substation, but a 
that powers all the building's fire alarms in the entire plaza? The fuck? Anyway, Dewey has Smith via earpiece telling him not to move. However, panic sets in as he runs right into Bourne. So Smith has double-crossed Lee then because he's wearing an earpiece that somehow Dewey got, gave him. I have no doubt what's going on here. He holds him at gunpoint and demands why. Lee then shows up and spots Bourne with Smith as on the rooftop the asset tells Dewey um, everything. Sorry, the asset tells Dewey everything he sees and then a second later he's on the ground. Say, what the, how'd you get from the roof? I mean, how'd you get from the ground to the roof then the roof to the ground a matter of fucking seconds? This editing is shocking. Anyway, so Bourne has Smith in an old cage-style elevator, demanding answers. Dewey tells Smith, say nothing at all, barking orders in his ear. So Bourne shoots him in the leg, as on the roof, Bourne asks why he had his dad killed. Cue PTSD flashbacks of Bourne's dad, telling Bourne he did something that he's ashamed of and wish he could wash his hands of it. Smith has been dangled off the edge of the rooftop, as he tells Bourne everything that his dad wanted to expose Trestle back in 1989 and was killed to silence him. And he was that, that, that murder was news to pull in Bourne into the, the service because apparently it was a terrorist attack and it wasn't. It's actually the acid. So, anyway, so the acid shoots Smith and then Bourne, who falls off the roof. Cue some awful CGI fall of Bourne's face pasted on the stuntman. As I said earlier, it turns out the Asset killed Bourne's dad to shut him up. So with Bourne down, the Asset rushes to kill Bourne in public. However, the police show up and Bourne is somehow gone. Bullshit, mate. You feel five stories smashing into a wall on the way down, plus you were shot twice? Bullshit! Bourne has stole Smith's earpiece and is listening in. And here's the Asset watch revenge, but Dewey says no. He'll deal with Bourne in Vegas. Lee handily pulls up just as Bourne is walking past. I mean, she's in this van and instantly she just finds him like that. So he kidnaps her and forces her to spill all. She tells him that Ironhide is a 24-7 surveillance on the public, in person and online. There will be nowhere to hide. Hello, love. Google read this. That also CCTV cameras are fucking everywhere. Like I said, this smells and feels like a Bond plot from the 80s. Completely utter useless in the 10s. Lee, now burned, wants Dewey taken down. So she hands Bourne a cell phone telling him to head to Vegas and cut to Las Vegas. At an all-weekend tech expo where Kalur plans on launching Deep Dream. And note, this expo was real, with real products and real companies, with a few added in for movie magic's sake. So Dewey arrives in Vegas via private jet. On the ground, his lackey tells him they're pinning Kalur as a terrorist, making a fake paper trail to him and fake bank accounts, linking him to ISIS. The fuck? So in customs, Bourne gets passed with relative ease. Meanwhile, Lee has arrived via plane. She's hacked into customs back doors and lets Bourne in with relative ease. I mean, after that, she heads to the strip. So you're trying to say to me that nobody at the CIA realised she's hacking into customs website to let Bourne in? Fuck off, movie. Oh my god. So, 
Dewey then shows up at the expo. The asset is in play. Bourne shows up and it is on. Leasing into the hotel and awaits. Kalur shows up and is fanboyed almost to death. As they're all over him and the press are over him and all saying, what about Deep Dream and blah, 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 blah. And this and that next thing. Bourne is in the expo floor. He picks up a personal tracker and puts it in Lee's pocket. He also picks up some sort of camcorder device. Dewey calls the asset to tell him to take out Kalor and then shoot him because it'll be better PR if he's also shot in the assassination attempts. I mean, I think um, Dewey has Parkinson's or some sort because he's handcuffed on shaking constantly, so he wants to be a suicide hero, or the hell it is. I mean, I have no idea. Anyway, a martyr, that would be something. So, Bart notices from across the casino floor Lee is being followed. Note, this is the same retired casino used in Army of the Dead. Anyway, moving on. Bourne tracks Lee using the personal tracking device and some sort of cell phone, even though she's supposed to be a super hacker. Oh, who gives a fuck? As the asset arrives via the back door to take his place to snipe out Kalor, Lee meets with Dewey out of the elevators and he takes her backstage and tells her that London was a lesson for her to learn her place. So Bourne listens in on something, I have no idea what the hell it is, and then steals an ID to get onto the deep throat, sorry, deep, deep throat, deep dream launch. Backstage, Dewey introduces Lee to Kalur. Seems to know each other from school and their rivals. Handy, that. It's go time. Lee slips Bourne listening device into Dewey's pocket. Bourne is then watching from the back of the room as the asset is now in place. Bourne sees his chance to get backstage, taking out two CIA guys in the toilet, stealing their guns. About to go on stage, Dewey takes a personal call, sending Lee and Kalur on stage. Kalur takes centre stage to spill all. The asset shoots Kalur and then it shoots at Lee. Bourne tries to stop it, but it's too late. Kalur is shot. Kalur is clipped. Bourne shoots at the asset as Lee runs off. Bourne slips away in a panic and then heads for Dewey. The asset kills a guard, so now the police are after him because they're caught in CCTV cameras, even though she's been caught fucking 10 minutes earlier, but they have it. He slips into the panic, but the cops are on his ass. Bourne runs uh, to the casino and breaks off the arm of a one-armed bandit and runs upstairs. Dewey's lackey is on him, however, so Bourne forces the lifts to get stuck using the one-armed bandit thing that he's done and heads to Dewey's room. Dewey waits for him with gun in hand. Dewey then tells the truth that he had his dad killed because he wanted to leak Treadstone. However, Dewey saved Bourne as he was the perfect case, the perfect assassin. So he hired him on the spot after his dad was killed and uses his dad to turn into the perfect hitman. Dewey says he killed 32 successful missions and he will never find peace until he finds out the truth that he is actually a natural born killer. Bourne horns by gunpoint as in runs Dewey's lackey who clips Bourne. So Bourne shoots him dead and Lee Burden and shoots Dewey dead. Okay then, so Bourne's not been shot at least twice, three times, in 24 hour period, but he's still alive and kicking. Hmm. So Bourne takes her gun, telling her she was never there. She says he can still come in, just follow her, and she'll take him in. Bourne just runs off. As outside, both Bourne and the Asset steal cars, and cue a car chase. The, the Asset steals a SWAT van, and Bourne steals a Dodge 
Charger. And note, this chase took 15 days to film and it destroyed 156 cars. Did well do. Cops give chase as the asset smashes into cars left right and centre. No matter what Paul Greengrass said, this is pretty standard bloody car chase. Anyway, they end up in the casino, which the asset runs through as Bourne is giving them chase. They fight in a basement, boring stuff here, blah, fight, who gives a fuck? I don't give a shit, I notice there's 20 fucking minutes left in this clock, what the fuck? Bourne puts him down and just walks off. Next morning, Kalur is out of hospital and the press all over him. Days later, Lee is talking to the head of the NSA in Washington in the back of a car. She tells him she can handle Kalur, pin all on Dewey, and Iron Hand will continue in the background. She wants to be the head of the CIA, telling him she can bring in Bourne. If not, she is then walking off, saying that there's multiple agencies that want her, not just the CIA. Later, she meets with Bourne, in a park and hands him a star medal saying sorry for his treatment. She then says she'll be in charge of the CIA and it will change from the inside. She wants him back. He just walks off. So she heads back to her car and finds a recording of the conversation she had of the NSA head telling him she can bring Bourne in. As credits roll. On this paddy to all hell with a thin plot that should have been cut by at least 20 minutes. This is just blah, bland and boring. Nothing is new and fresh. It just limps on from scene to scene and it is boring as all hell. I could not stand Lee. She was a fucking opportunist little bitch and thought she could do no bloody well wrong. I mean, they say she's the head of the Cyberox team for less than a month yet she's talking down to the head of the CIA and talking down to the NSA saying she can go to any agency. She's the world's greatest hacker. She doesn't beat an eye when Nikki is killed and she's fucking sending hit squads to kill Bourne and kill Nicky and the fuck off movie. This is just blah and should have said, as I said, been cut by 20 bloody minutes. I swear to God, I was crawling up the walls realising that this had 25 minutes left when it hit Vegas and there's no plot to this at all. I mean, it's wafer thin. I mean, honestly, God, I'm going to consider a generous 3 out of 10. I was right years ago. This is terrible. Now, I should have done the first Bond movies of all first four Bond movies. Bond is shallow, dull, boring, shaky cam, bloody well mess. Still, no mind, come, come back next week after I kick off Witchy Woman, aka Fierce Female February. As I look at Practical Magic, The Blue Witch Project, The Craft, and Raw Dolls, The Witches. Now, don't forget to check out any of my other bloody well podcasts there's dozens of them out there so pick one of them and follow me on twitter at here's johnny's at pod a bye